A little over a year ago, a poet named Kitty O'Mara wrote a poem. And she wrote it as she reflected on this breaking in reality of pandemic. Now, if you were at our Easter gathering at Four Winds Field last week, uh, you heard me talk about this. Hang with me. I just, I wanna kind of bridge the gap between our, our live gathering and our friends and family who are tuning in online. So I'm gonna dig back into this poem for a moment before we go further into some new ground altogether, okay? But here's the poem. And maybe you remember seeing this making the rounds because it went viral, like Oprah picked it up, which is how you know you've arrived. Uh, this poem went viral in March of last year, just as the pandemic was setting in. And the people stayed home and they read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still. And they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows and the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger had passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Now, if you remember that poem making the rounds last year, I wonder if you remember how you felt. For me, I felt a deep identification with the hopes and the aspirations that Kitty O'Mara was, was expressing here. And I think what I realized when she talked about what this pandemic could be and about us leaving behind old ways and picking up new ways, what I remembered, what I realized is there is this deep, like bone weary longing inside us for an old world to die and a new world to be reborn. And when a poem like this goes viral, it's often because it's naming something that we know at a deep level, but perhaps we've forgotten it or we don't know how to say it. And I, as I've been thinking about this a year later, we're, we're starting to come out of pandemic and we were celebrating Easter just a week ago. What struck me is that like, this is the time when that will either be true or not. And as we were celebrating Easter, I was thinking, this isn't the first time that we've heard about an old world and a new world. And in fact, at the heart of the Jesus story of death and resurrection is the belief that a new world was, was brought into existence by Jesus' resurrection and that we're actually being invited into it. So for example, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a guy named Paul is writing a letter to a church. And Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So Paul says it right there, that with Jesus' resurrection, it's like a new world has been brought forth here right alongside the old world. And at least questions for us about, like, if that's the case, then, then how do we follow Jesus into the new world even while we live in the midst of the old one? Now, the good news is I actually think that the stories of death and resurrection that we read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the way that they talk about Jesus' death and resurrection, they're not, just, they're not just narratives about what happened, they're also gifts to us to find ourselves in these stories so that we can identify with how to live in a new world with Jesus rather than staying invested in the old one. And one of the moments in one of these gospel stories that stands out to me as, a, as if, it's, if, if it's like winking at us and telling us something about how to live in the old, new world instead of the old one is here in John chapter 20. 
This is where Mary Magdalene has gone to tend to the body of Jesus. And then she discovers that Jesus has been resurrected and her grief has been transformed into joy. And then realizing that her friend, her teacher, this, this person that she'd traveled with for years and found so much hope and healing in, he's with her again. And so she, she embraces him. And then Jesus says in John chapter 20, verse 17, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus uh, resurrected, being embraced by his friend Mary, tells her, don't cling to me. Now, we've talked about this passage before, but especially this year as we talk about an old world and a new world and how we go with Jesus into the new world and leave behind the old world. I, I just can't help but be struck by it the sort of obvious ways that we are so tempted to cling to the way things were rather than do the brave and vulnerable work of letting go of the way things were so that we can move forward into the way that they will be. I imagine for Mary, she sees Jesus and the death of Jesus told her that everything that she had loved about her life with Jesus had come to an end. And so then she sees Jesus again and she clings believing that she can go back to all of the things that she loved about her life with Jesus before he was murdered rather than realizing that Jesus's resurrection is meant to lead her forward into a new world, not just back into the one that she already loved. And you and I right now, I suspect if we listen closely, we'll hear the spirit whispering to us, this kind of inner knowing that tells us there's a new world and an old world right here, right now. And whether it's wrapping our lives around this pattern from 2000 years ago in Jesus's death and resurrection, or whether it's the way that that pattern is showing up in a world that's waking up and coming out of the long dark winter of pandemic, I think we are being invited to let go of some of what we're gonna cling to about the world that we loved so that we can move forward into the world that will be. Now, here's the other thing about letting go and moving on though. Often we don't actually hold on to the things that we love about the world that was. Often we hold on to the wounds, the grudges, the resentments that have stirred up inside us as we go through darkness and suffering. And I can't help but think of Jesus and what he had to let go of as he made his own journey through death and into resurrection. Um, there's that moment when Jesus hangs on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive these friends of mine who have betrayed me. Forgive this community that I have served. Forgive my people for whom I've come, but they have rejected me. Forgive the soldiers who enact their violence against me. He says, forgive them because they, they know not what they do. And I try to put myself in Jesus' shoes and I just imagine the resentments that would have stacked up on my shoulders as I went through all that he suffered. I can imagine looking at my friends as they run away from me, they turn their back on me, they pretend not to know me. I can imagine looking at these people who just a week earlier when I, when I walked into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday were say, say, saying things like, save us, lead us, liberate us, we trust you, we're following you. And then a week later, he finds them screaming, crucify him. I can imagine Jesus uh, seeing the power of the state enacted against him and seeing these players, these centurions, these Romans, that they raise their hammers and they put the stakes in his body. And I can just imagine the resentment stacking up on top of him as he's given his life for love. And right now it's being returned with hate and violence and suffering and ultimately his death. And yet he says, Father, forgive them. 
And the more I think about the old world and the new world and the invitation we have to go with Jesus from the old world to the new world and how it is that Jesus goes from the old world to the new world, the more I wonder if this moment when he says forgive them, this moment when he lets go of his rightful resentments at what everybody is doing to him as he lets go of these resentments, is it possible that this act of forgiveness that he speaks is it possible that it's not just a demonstration of his heart, that it's not just a revelation of the character of God, that it's not just a good or generous thing to do? What if letting go of those resentments, what if saying, Father, forgive them, what if that's part of how Jesus goes from the old world to the new? What if those resentments stacked on his shoulders, if he had tried to carry them with him, from the old world that was dying and the new world that would be birthed, what if those resentments would keep him from moving forward into the new world? Like, like what if that path that we travel with Jesus through death and into resurrection, what if it's wide enough for us to walk, but not wide enough for us to carry our resentments with us? And what if by not letting go of our resentments for what we've been through, what if we find ourselves unable to follow Jesus into that new world. Now, I don't mean to make light of this. Forgiveness is hard stuff. Forgiveness, I think, takes us uh, deep into the mystery of things like grace and the Spirit helping work on our hearts and move us forward. But we can't talk about going from the old world to the new with Jesus if we don't notice that in this paradigm of letting go, Jesus has to let go of his resentments and maybe we do too. Uh, especially in the past year, I suspect a lot of us have some resentments we gotta let go of. Is there anybody, and maybe it's life before COVID, but I'm looking especially at life during COVID in this past, what, 13 months now. Is there anybody, is there anything that's happened, anybody who's let you down, who maybe just didn't show up for you the way that you hoped they would during COVID and you just, it's time to forgive it and move on. Uh, maybe some friendships have changed in the past year and your temptation is to like hope that they'll be sorry for the fact that things changed and you can get back to the way things were but there's no going back to the way things were and so maybe the way forward for you is to let them off the hook maybe in your family structure with your partner or spouse or kids or parents or siblings maybe the pressures of the last year have broken some things and there's some resentments for things that have been said or done or unsaid or undone. And you're carrying them around on your shoulders every day. And maybe today, if we're going to follow Jesus into the new world, we're going to have to let go of the resentments that have been with us from the old world. Here's one more angle on this. What about our communal life together as a church? Uh, or maybe you're not a part of South Bend City Church directly. Maybe you tune in, you know, online, but maybe you're part of some kind of spiritual community. Are there any resentments there that have to be let go of? Uh, I'll be honest, I've, I've heard through the past year, some have been really disappointed or hurt, and they feel like their church family didn't show up for them the way they hoped their church family would show up for them. Uh, I get that. That can be a really deep hurt. But I don't think we get to walk into the future together if we don't learn how to forgive some of our past together. You know, um, maybe the people that you hoped would show up for you or were hoping you would show up for them. Or maybe the struggle behind the scenes for them was much harder than you realize. 
Or maybe we all were doing the best that we could in the past year and it didn't look that great, but it was the best that we had with all of this trauma stacking on top of us. I, I don't know the story, but I'm pretty sure some of us are gonna have to find a way to forgive our sisters and our brothers in communities of faith that we are a part of if we're gonna walk into the new world together. And so um, this week, as we consider that there might be an old world and a new world sitting side by side here, and we wanna follow Jesus into the new world that his resurrection gave birth to, is it time to let somebody off the hook, to forgive them and to let it go? A couple of reminders on forgiveness, this is really important. Forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Uh, somebody might have proved to be unsafe or untrustworthy. Uh, they might need to demonstrate a new character pattern for you to trust them the way that you used to trust them. I'm not talking about that, right? Uh, somebody may not apologize to you. They may not ask your forgiveness. I don't think that that matters for our forgiveness. The people who were crucifying Jesus didn't rectify their wrong and own their mistakes. He, he seemed to recognize that he had agency in his own choice to forgive them regardless of what they did. So I'm not talking about reconciliation necessarily. That's a different conversation. And I'm, I'm not talking about what the people who have harmed you will do to elicit your forgiveness. I'm talking about the choice that you have and I have. Our own agency, our own empowerment in this moment to let them off the hook. Uh, I don't think we can go much further without letting go of these resentments. I learned this from my friends in recovery community who are some of the wisest people I know and who have been learning one way or another to leave behind the, the old world of when their addiction was destroying them and walk forward in the new path of sobriety. And all of my friends in recovery have taught me over and over again, resentments will keep you down and will keep you from walking into this new and beautiful world. I've heard it from um, every wise spiritual teacher I know. We don't get to walk forward into God's new world if we are hung up and unforgiving of the world that we have come from. It just doesn't work that way. And so today, as we try to live in a new world, may we forgive. I wanna make this uh, poem from Kitty O'Mara a benediction for us the rest of this month. So you're, you're gonna hear it more than once. But as I think about us beginning to come out of the pandemic and making plans to be back together at Studebaker, and in the meantime, gathering at Four Winds Field and the whole world sort of waking up, I think this is a good prayer to bring forward because it's not just that hopeful thing that Kitty O'Mara dropped at the beginning of the pandemic, but it could be a thing that we invest ourselves in now. So let this be a benediction for us today. As the danger passes and we the people join together again, May we grieve our losses and make new choices and may we dream new images and may we create new ways to live and heal the earth fully as we are being healed. And may grace and peace be with you.